It is the kind of truth that is true whether or not you believe in it. There's no, 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 no. Trigger a defensive state when we feel that our thoughts have to be protected from the influence of others. <laughs> Wonderful woman. We're all very fond of her, very free spirit. Okay, well, that was a nice little quick segment of uh, a recap. But now we're going to transition to um, what everybody loves to criticize is movies. And Alex, everybody knows that you're one of the most fanatical uh, critics on these yes. movies endeavors. Yes. Lay, lay it to us. What are some of the movies you most recently saw? Which ones are your favorite? Which ones are not as good? Well, let's. we can uh, start actually October, November. Are always October, November, December are the best months for movies because they have movies that are coming off award season, movies that are going into awards. So they're, November, they're more December. character driven. You know what okay, I mean? Okay, cool. So we can start with the movie First Man. You didn't see it, right? Ryan no, Gosling going to the moon. So yeah, so I was actually really excited for this movie. It was de- uh, directed by Damien Chazelle. That is the man who directed La La Land, which uh, I thought was maybe one of my favorite movies of all time. I did watch that as well. I did like La La Land. Yes, La La Land. It was brightened up my day. It, yeah. Um, but it yeah. It's so, a good feeling, yeah. Yeah. First Man, it had, um, it was about the guy, you know, Neil Armstrong going to the moon, first yeah. steps on the moon. Really fucking claustrophobic feeling. Yeah. Every time. I mean, do you actually like, think about if you went to space? Oh, yeah. Dude, I always ask people, I'm like, are you scared of going to space? They're like, no, nah, man, it'd be still cool. And I'm Dude, glad that fucking... movie finally was like, <laughs> would it be fucking cool? There's another space movie that did that, that gave that very terrifying effect of like, no, space is not very tranquil. It's actually terrifying. And it's like going in the middle of the ocean into the abyss. Yes. Like, but space version of flying into fucking And when you're, and it shows how big of a rocket goes into space and how small your little seat is. (laughs) Like, you know, like you're literally getting pushed into space with a, with thousands of gallons of just just fuel. fuel And yeah, it's like. Yeah, and yeah. I think the majority of uh, yeah, the fucking spaceship is uh, the power and the fuel to get off the ground and get in out of the atmosphere. Imagine if a fish built a contraption to let go of the land. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, dude, that's a perfect analogy. That's so <laughs> it's just yeah, it's that kind of shit. It's just like it's not you know meant to be. So I mean, going to the moon and I, and it shows like actually most of the most of the film was made or was filmed on film. So it looked like it was in 1960s. It was filmed on film, meaning yes. like they had it in the film. image and like a lot of it was not was CGI. No, like film, like it wasn't digital. Mm. So, okay. So most of it was done on film. And then when he landed on the moon, they switched to IMAX digital. So it changed the whole perception of. Oh, nice. So it made it look way different. More that digital. must have been a nice cinematic adventure <laughs> sitting and noticing the difference in that. It was. So, yeah, I mean. There's definitely obviously points. The whole movie focused on Neil Armstrong mainly. They didn't focus on anyone else. I think Ryan Gosling was actually in every single scene of the whole movie. Yeah. So he's he, a handsome man. 
he's a very handsome man. <laughs> he had a weird haircut in the movie, of course, but yeah. like uh, Neil Armstrong. Back but. in the days, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so definitely there, there's the only thing is they didn't like pack like that much of an emotional punch. Mm, no. And also the movie takes place like within, I think it was the the seven or nine years from like 1961 or whatever to 1969 when they went to the moon. Mm-hmm. And his wife didn't cut her hair or let it grow out once. She had the same hairstyle. That kind of bothered me. (laughs) She's a tremendous actress. Don't get me wrong. But just small stuff like that, you notice that it's not very progressive. You know? So then we can go on to the, you know, the other movie I saw that was great. You know, Halloween, the sequel to the 1978 classic. You did see it. I did see it. I didn't know that. Uh, it was uh, off a whim. Just uh, family was all together. Like, hey, you guys want to see a movie? And we watched Halloween because it was right before Halloween. And so uh, I was probably like the most appropriate movie to watch. And for me, being not so much as a critic uh, and not really liking horror movies or scary movies in general, it was okay to me. To me, it was a great movie. I can see why it was a great movie. It was a good film. but To me, it was like the second half was amazing. Yeah? Like when they like were in the house that was okay, trapped and yeah. that shit was really cool. I thought they could have left the teenage stuff out of it. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the main actress is, uh, see what her name is. The, the girl, not, not Jamie Lee Curtis, her, uh, granddaughter, her granddaughter. Yeah. Which was played by, a. what do we have here? Was it Virginia Gardner? looks like, no, that's Vicky. But yeah, she, her boyfriend, you know, I'm talking about the long curly haired one. <laughs> yeah. Did you not like when he second came on screen? You're like, that dude's gay. That's not her boyfriend. That dude's gay. Um, and then he threw her phone in fucking pudding. Yeah. Well, she, he, and he didn't die. He d- <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess he's, yeah. Uh, that's pretty proper for a Halloween movie. Uh, scary movies in general is back in the, the 90s theme is for him to die. Being a boyfriend of one of the main characters to survive. Yeah, so the, anyway, the girl's name, I can't even like pronounce it right, but it's Andy Matichak. She was a no, she was a dope actress, the granddaughter. Yeah, I thought, I she, thought was she was good. good. But um, but yeah, I did, I'd also liked, some people didn't like it, but the beginning with the podcasters. But I thought that part was dope, where they walk out and there's all the fucking crazy people. And yeah. They hold the mask out. Yeah. Favorite, yeah, favorite part of the whole movie, when he's like yelling at Michael to say something and just cuts to the credit. Like that was pretty dope, yeah. It's like that was really dope. And that was a weird psych ward, I guess. Like they're really weird looking. Yeah, with the red squares. Yeah. But I think they have that open space to get more emphasis on just the mysterious Michael that doesn't say anything. So no, that was a very good opening of the movie. I did like that part as well. And the uh, the journalists, the interviewers. And thank and God they he died so fast. <laughs> yes, thank God Michael didn't say anything in the movie. Yeah. Because then you had the new. Loomis guy, the psychiatrist, yeah, who spoiler alert ended up being kind of bad. Yeah, um, I saw that coming, dude. I totally saw, you saw that it coming. coming. A lot of people hated it. A lot of yeah. people were like, "That's fucking stupid." Oh, okay. Few worries. First of all, when he killed or when he when Michael Myers got ran over by the car, he didn't die. Yeah, but the psychiatrist kind of put the mask on for a second. Yeah, I was like, I swear to God, if this guy becomes a new, I know, right? I was like, I will walk out of this fucking theater. Yeah, that will ruin this whole movie for me. But then he put him in the back seat, and I was like, okay, thank God. But yeah, that dude, I thought he was. I mean, I thought he was not a bad actor or whatever. I mean, the doctor. Yeah. No, yeah, he was a good doctor, good for that role. Um, but to me, I thought it was kind of cliche that he was infatuated with Michael to 
keep him alive and it was just like the first kills one. a goddamn cop out of nowhere like what you're a fucking i heard that i guess that cop was in the first one too that's what my dad told me yeah he looks pretty familiar um i mean that dude's been in a lot of movies specific specifically remember the titans <laughs> <laughs> um but uh <laughs> but yeah i mean yeah i thought the last part of the movie was really good of course when they put him in that little dungeon thing where the fire's burning course they don't show him actually oh man yeah that's uh that kind of pissed me off too it's like of course it always comes down to like stuff like that is like in horror movies where you yell at the screen you're like why is the fucking person so stupid yeah and jamie lee curtis the whole movie was not stupid she was trained yeah knew how to use weapons and then that last scene when he's staring at her it's like why don't you just shoot him in the head one last time instead of making him burn and Figuring out a way to a way escape to, to, to fucking, like transparently go through the walls yeah, or whatever the hell. Be he Michael does. Myers <laughs> since he doesn't die. So I mean, obviously they're gonna make a second or another one. Um, <laughs> I thought it was dope how like the uh, granddaughter of the whole movie was like, "Oh, you shouldn't be, you know, living your life, training, blah blah blah." And then at the end, the last shot was her holding the knife. Yeah. Kinda like now she lived through it, so she's gonna be traumatized. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah, and give credit to fucking Jim Lee Curtis. Like, yeah, I told you to train for this bullshit. Mm-hmm. And now now it's now it's time to remember your training. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, I mean, yeah. it was better than a lot of the other Halloween movies that were made, of course. There's so many, dude. I don't remember, I don't remember any. Yeah, there's how, two, three, four, five, nine, eleven. Yeah, well, you know. so many out there. So we're going to go to a movie that we haven't seen, that we're not going to see. Hopefully no <laughs> one sees. This is called... The Nutcracker in the Four Realms. Now, I've only heard fucking awful things about it. Nutcracker you, in the Four Realms. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the Disney it? movie of the Nutcracker. Dude, I totally want to watch that. Come on. Dude, I'm going to watch that. The That's, Nutcracker? Oh, yeah. yeah. It looks like... It gives a, me a... Um, what do you call it? Actually, I didn't see this one either, but the the new updated eerie Alice in Wonderland. That one was the, the, the was Tim Burton ones were awful. Yeah, were they? Yes. I like Tim Burton. Tim Burton's awesome. He made he's. Hmm. I think I like him because he's so different from. He, I mean, he relies so much on CGI. Those. If he did like real shit, I would like him. But here, here's some what other people say about the Nutcracker. Creates magical, fantastic scenes that should utterly amaze audiences, yet the all-important emotion bonds between the characters feel thin and scripted. Where is the excitement, the sense of discovery, the amusement, cosmic interplay? That's one. I mean, that's not that bad. There's potential here for a distinctly female examination of leadership, power, and war, if only it were further explored. So, I mean, it's probably just one of those vague movies, you know? Okay. I mean, of course, nowadays, it's hard for people to be like, yeah, that was good. It's either it was an amazing movie or it was completely shitty. I mean, that's kind of what it seems like. It has a Rotten Tomato score of 34%. So, I mean, even the audience is at 42%. So, it's not that good. So, that's probably a movie I definitely will never see. Not even if I'm bored on a plane and I get a lot of that time. <laughs> and <laughs> you can talk about this because you saw the movie Venom. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because a lot of people said that was awful. But then there is a, there is like a, a weird fan base that says, like, no, it was really fun and entertaining. It was an entertaining movie because I think Venom came to be on screen uh one of the anti-hero uh, famous like probably one of the most famous anti-hero characters i think in marvel um just based off of what i've been exposed to from marvel i had a whole bunch of cousins and my uncle they're marvel fanatics where they actually read the comic books and uh i got some glimpses of you know back in the cartoon days uh, eating my cereal they had you know x-man they had i remember venom and spider-man very prominent but the movie yeah, they fucked it up. They they fucked it up, dude. Um, 
I don't like how they, they change a lot. I did not follow the comic book at all. Eddie Brock was not a journalist. Um, what was he? He was like I thought some, he was a journalist. No, Eddie Brock was, uh, from what I remember, Eddie Brock was just some um, frat guy that would just beat up on Peter Parker. He was always working out, and I don't remember him being a journalist at all. Maybe I'm wrong, but he was not. And his, I, I mean, I do like the actor that played Venom as well. What was his name? Um, Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I like him as an actor, but he played Eddie Brock weird. <laughs> Here we go. It this wasn't is, very accurate. This is what I want to hear. Let me see if I can... Uh, Pull it up here on YouTube. And especially Venom. Like, they made Venom look like a very powerful creature, yes. I love the voice. That, that line. I don't know if that's from the comics, like a turd in the wind. But why the fuck is that in the movie? A lot, of that, that, a lot of that humor was in, in the comics. So, okay, because I heard the movie's actually funny. It's, it's yeah, it has some laughs in there. It's crazy, weird scenarios where you see uh, Eddie Brock go in this very most fancy restaurant and just freaking out because his metabolism is going crazy. He needs to keep up with the symbiote that's connected to him. And he, like, jumps in this huge uh, aquarium this where they have the lobsters. You know, you go to those seafood restaurants mm-hmm. where you see all the lobsters going around. He fucking just jumps in there to cool his body down and starts eating the 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 fish raw out of the the tank. It was random. Yeah, and so that was actually a good scene to see him. Like, dude, are you on drugs? He looks like you're on bath salts right now. That is <laughs> not. How is um, healthy? That random. His name is Riz Ahmed, the the bad guy, I guess. Yeah, that's another flaw in the movie. Uh, he was not intimidating. He did not. He, I like his word choices, um, the dialogue that he had to his say. Uh, he was like some master genius, and uh, he was really for like you gotta update these humans, you gotta evolutionize them. They, and you know, kind of like what those um, transhumanism people like to talk about, like oh, we gotta infuse our bodies with these bionic technology to help us progress and go. This is us evolving. He was like that type of guy, but with the symbiotes of what he collected in space, the symbiotes being venom. Yeah, and. Not to make fun of his stature and his look, but yeah, he was a, a scrawny guy. Uh, he wasn't very intimidating at all. Um, the more intimidating he tried to be, he would just be wide-eyed and and I think he'll occasionally yell. But I don't know. He was not a very good bad guy that you would want to um, have a nice challenge against. You're like, dude, I'll just destroy you in one swing. <laughs> yeah, like Chucky. Yeah. No, yeah, maybe that is a movie maybe I'll see when yeah. I'm bored someday. It's entertaining because it's Venom. Venom's a very respectable character, I think. Yeah, but it could have been done universe. way darker. Yes, way darker and... With Spider-Man. Yeah, with Spider-Man. <laughs> of course, it's made by Sony who doesn't have the rights to... Well, they have the rights to Spider-Man, but right now Marvel or has Spider-Man, so it's kind of a... Yeah. I heard know. the new Spider-Man uh, with that young kid. Was, was the actually best really one. good. Was it the best it one? It was the best one for sure. I, I thought. I haven't seen that one. A lot of people too. think Spider-Man Two with Tobey Maguire is, <laughs> but like I don't feel like those movies age well. Like whenever I rewatch them, I'm like, dude, these are corny. Yeah. 
like him and fucking Mary Jane or whatever. Yeah. I mean, obviously everyone hates. The I, third I think that's one. a good way to put it. They don't age well. Because when it first came out, I think it was a very respectable movie. It was good. Like, all right, yeah, this is Spider Man. Yeah, but since comic book movies have evolved so much yeah. into more serious, more mature. Yeah. Back then, it's like it was like putting a cheesy comic on screen. Now it's like making an actual. Yeah. Good movie. Yeah. To make it good. Like it's realistic to your own life of how it would pertain in the world we live in today. Exactly. So yeah, last movie we can talk about. Me and you saw together, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, has a 60% on Rotten Tomato, 95% from the audience. So, I mean, that's, you know, decent. I've talked to people that liked it. I've talked to people that are like, this is pretty stupid. Yeah. So, I tell people, I'm like, if you like Queen music, you'll like it. Yeah. That's probably the best way to put it because you could totally tell they sugarcoated the rock starness in, in Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, and the way they like... They made it more family friendly. There's no nudity. There's no drugs. <laughs> there was, there was I mean, glimpses of drugs, but not like... No rock and roll lifestyle in there. No, it was, just, and obviously, like he did some crazy stuff. Yeah, but I mean, it was just to me, it was just the way they presented, like how a song was made, was so just like mm. cheesy. Yeah, and like I don't know, like I like the parts that they did that they like they. Sh- I, w- I hope it was true, how they came up with the songs and how they kind of fought over whose song should go on the record and that like I'm that. sure yeah that was good yeah but then like when they're all arguing and the one dude makes the another one bites the di- dust riff yeah and they're like what and they just stop arguing they're like that is it like I doubt that's, that's good. how it yeah. came yeah. to be well after you told me that Freddie Mercury did not know that he had AIDS till two years, years after the after first AIDS concert that was there's stupid. a lot of stuff changing yeah. around because obviously I'm sure when they're making the movie they're like because the first AID concert was actually voted the best set of all time for yeah. a rock for a rock band and um so i'm sure they're like when they're making this movie they're like we got to make that the climax so Which, to make that the climax we got to put the him yeah. getting hiv before that okay so i mean I, but i doubt and you know obviously in real life it didn't have that like emotional i need to kill this concert because yeah. i'm gonna die soon impact okay well they, they executed that really well because that was probably the best part of the whole movie yes was the ending and the, 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 the feeling the crowd and stuff. Peak of yes, the hey, everyone clapping the radio gaga. <laughs> yeah, like I was like listening to Queen after the movie, and I was like, damn, that's some like dope lyrics, like them talking shit about songs on the radio. Yeah, everything I hear on the radio is radio, blah blah. Yeah. So. And I do like I don't know a lot about Freddie Mercury, but I knew that he did write a lot of poetry, so he did know, um, you know how to write it, and that's why he was actually into that opera stuff. What I did not know was um, him doing the single <laughs> by himself. By himself yeah. uh, was some weird, like way too much uh, opera, opera weirdness. Yeah, opera orchestratic. What they call it? Opera orchestratic. Um, yeah, music. Pop, whatever. I mean, yeah. I mean, also the thing that movie did is like, because I mean, everyone likes Bohemian Rhapsody, the song. Oh yeah. And it's like the movie reminds you of like. This, this might be the best song ever made. Just like, I don't know. Like you watch how they made it and the creativeness that goes behind making a song like that. Yeah. And it's like, damn, this song is, it has everything. Every yeah. type of emotion, every type of feeling. Yeah. Fun fact that I read online too. That's like the best song to listen. If you want to buy a good pair of headphones to, cause it has such drastic highs and lows. Oh damn. So you want to hear a good range of what your uh, headphones could be able to, you know, produce of the highs and lows. Cause sometimes some headphones are better to just listen to high pitched sounds. 
some of them are better with low pitch sounds with bass, you know, if they want to do a lot of R&B. And that song's like perfect, perfect range of highs and lows to know which headphones to buy. Yeah, that made me think like how awesome it would have been back in the day to see that song live. Yeah. It would have been uh, yeah. awesome. Another good thing I liked about this, the movie uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was um, I totally lost me. What was it? I had to deal with the songs. Um, oh, how innovative they were of like acknowledging that the audience was a part of them in their songs. And so, or, you know, they did the boom, boom claps. Like we want, I love that. Like I want the audience to be more a part of it. The best bands are also the ones that love playing their songs live. Yeah. Like really. And you know, cause you've seen, you've been to concerts where you can tell the band doesn't give a shit about playing live. Yeah. And you can tell that then there's other bands where it's like, they couldn't wait to play this song. You can definitely see the passion in like, they want to play their song. And they want people to enjoy it because they're enjoying that the people are enjoying it. Yeah, because I'm yeah. sure it's that it's really hard to have like the crowd, you know, in the palm of your hand like Freddie Mercury had. Yeah, and from, dude, just from what I hear from people saying that his shows were just he had, he always had that <laughs> type stuff that he did. That's super dope. Yeah, super into it. So, but when that movie made me think, what was the number one band that are you know gone that you wish you could see live back in the day? Well, definitely, you know, definitely. Oh man, there's a whole bunch. I love. There's a lot. Yeah, you just flooded my mind with a whole bunch that I wanted to see. I would love to see Jimi Hendrix, um, and Santana. Uh, Santana's still around though. Yeah, but like in his pinnacle days. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and especially that time frame, you know. With, I'm always with all mad. the flower childs just so in tune with. The hippie stuff the hippie, back in the day. Yeah, that must have been so awesome. I'm always mad that I never saw System of a Down at their peak. Oh, yeah, right? Because, like, now they're just... I think they're coming... They had back. a show here a few weeks ago. Have you heard about the uh, festival called Innings? Uh, they actually have some pretty good bands coming. I think it's going to be at the Tempe Beach Park. I think I might want to chime in that because I haven't been to a concert in so long, and there's like they're having a lot of good alternative bands come and do that. Like Cake... I've never seen Cake Live, but I would like to check yes, them out. Yes, they're a good alternative for sure. But way back in the days, yeah, definitely Queen, definitely Jimi Hendrix, definitely uh, Santana. Who else? You know, just because it's nostalgic to me, what I heard my parents play, um, uh, Collective Soul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Collective Soul. Collective Soul. They were live. Yeah. I'd like to check them out. I always heard Muse was one of the best live bands, but I just... I heard that too. Too many songs that piss me off. Goddamn. What's his name? Bobo? Um, Bonobo? No <laughs> I, I mean, they have like some songs that are good. Yeah. But some songs oh, yeah. that just piss me off. I'm just like, God, I can't stand this song. Yeah. And I would, you couldn't pay me to go see Imagine Dragons. They really piss me off. Really? They were good. I like Imagine Dragons. When I, they first came out, I liked them, but I feel like every song is starting to get like... After they got like some... I think Target fucking invested in them. <laughs> yeah. Before they went for that. Some huge grocery store, store like that. I think it was Target. I'm not sure they invested into Michael Jackson Live would have been. Oh, yeah, for sure. Crazy. Michael Jackson, for sure. People were ist, man. People were so into him. Yeah. Oh, you got to see these people live. I'd like to check these people out live. Um, Spice Girls. I <laughs> was the first Spice Girls <laughs> first oh, concert man. I ever been to. I was in the second grade. Oh wow! That was young. the old, that was the first time they ever came to. Uh, they did a, a U.S. tour in '98. Yeah, and um, they came. 
And I don't know how my mom got tickets. Like, I just remember reading the newspaper that tickets sold out in, like, an hour. And <laughs> that was crazy. Just, like, I remember being at a huge – I think it was – it's Auction Pavilion now. I forgot what it used to be called. Cricket Pavilion? Yeah, something like that. But just I was on the lawn and just seemed like how many people were there Yeah. For to see Spice Girls back in the day. That was uh, – I don't always remember them making the song or singing the song Naked where they <laughs> would sit on their chairs – looking like they're naked and we were always debating if they're actually naked <laughs> so but that was that was a good time yeah. i wish i wish i saw backstreet boys back in the day because i always yeah them more now if you go to backstreet boys shows you're kind of gay yeah but <laughs> i don't know i think that i think this kind of fills it up i think people are mature now like oh like i can watch them and listen to them now because it reminded me of my childhood days of where i had no bills and responsibility yeah like i wonder if they hate for a uh, nickelback will fizzle off because <laughs> Yeah, People really hate them. I think it became such a trend to hate Nickelback. That's what happens to a lot of people. It comes a trend to hate them. Yeah, because Nickelback, I definitely like some of their songs. Um, definitely not Photograph. That's the worst, worst song. It's, it's that and it's, you know stuff like after that, I didn't like. Nah, all right, I'm kind of done with this. But earlier Nickelback, I liked, and then out of nowhere, yeah, this trend of just hating on Nickelback so bad. It's just funny. It to became hate so them. popular. Yeah. So. People like to jump on the bandwagon. They don't like to be all lonely and with their own securities to deal with. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's all I have for movies. Right on, man. Well, people checking this uh, episode out. This is going to be a nice little new um, segment where we want to interject to kind of keep us updated with the media of what movies and songs that are out there in the world for us to kind of talk about critique and hear your guys' side of it and see if you guys either uh, agree with us or disagree. Let us know. But yeah, this is something new that I think it's going to be fun involved in this podcast because Alex has a lot to talk about when it comes to movies yes. and the entertainment industries. So hope you guys like it. Hope you guys uh, check it out and enjoy. But other than that, this episode is Dunskis. Thank you, guys. <laughs>